G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. You see them come in and they're really drained, they're worried, they're stressed, they're fearful, and it shows on their body. And then a couple of weeks later, they're just glowing and smiling and singing, and it's just really beautiful. Focus on the Family has a core value of being pro-life, from conception to death. One of the challenges to champion such a value is the much-needed practical support to mothers choosing not to abort their baby. Our guest is someone that is doing just that. Corinne Penne, founder and director of Yahweh House on the Gold Coast, a Christian-based ministry that provides a safe and caring environment where pregnant mothers are supported and helped through their pregnancy and afterward with their babies. That's Corinne Penne, our guest today, along with my wife Kate and myself, Brett Ryan, from Focus on the Family, Australia. And this was a recording via the internet. Well, welcome to the program. Thank you, Brett. Thank you for having me here today. Well, we're really excited about talking about this because, as I said in my opening remarks, we are a pro-life ministry. And to be able to support other ministries that are actually on the coalface of this, this is such a good thing for us to hear and for all of our listeners to be aware that these type of services are available. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and then what made you interested in getting involved in this type of ministry? Okay. Well, I was brought up in New Zealand in a, a reasonably big family, not personally, but my mother's family, and we were very family-orientated. Everybody supported each other, the whole typical village lifestyle. And so I have always been family-orientated, community-orientated person. I always work in the community. Everything I do is community-involved. And so this was just another opportunity God gave me to serve the community. Right. And have you actually been directly affected by pro-life choices in your own journey? Yes, I have because I'm also a foster carer and my daughter had a a foster child from birth, basically, and when she was 15, she got pregnant. When she got pregnant, everybody wanted her to abort the baby. And for nine months, we fought to keep that baby, and now he's three years old. So, oh, yeah, that was one incident. The other one was that my daughter, actually the daughter that had that girl, had leukaemia when she was 20-something, and she only had one boy at that time. He was one year old. And because she had leukaemia and had chemo, etc., she couldn't have any more children. So she went everywhere trying to adopt a child, but there's just not many children to adopt. And so she went into fostering and then now she looks after this little boy. Yeah. That's great. great. And it seems like the key for you to have this child or your foster grandchild, I guess, Mm. is because you were having that support, you provided the support that she needed. And that seems to be a key in all of the 
pregnancies that women face themselves with, whether it's a wanted or unwanted pregnancy, their lack of support seems to be a driving force. So tell us a little bit about what motivated you to start Yahweh House. And by the way, I love the name Yahweh. Yes, I love the name too. God's just amazing. How it started was Queensland brought in the bill and they passed it for full-term abortion in 2018. And I was aware of abortion. You know, we've got an abortion clinic down the road from us and I'd been involved with praying outside of it at times. And anyway, I woke up the morning after the abortion bill was passed and I was just weeping and I said to God, oh, God, what are we going to do about this? And he said, clearly as anything, just open a house, call it Yahweh House, let it be an option to abortion. And he said, don't go government funding. This is uh, my people's responsibility that they've let go of. And so I didn't know what I was going to do, but day by day he's just let me. So do you have people, that is so beautiful, by the way, I'm just going to for crying. That's um, that's usually me. So moved so strongly by what God has you know, placed in your heart and all of our hearts to love, you know, the unborn mm. that need to be protected. Um, so do you have donors who support you? Um, just people, people. Uh, like some of the girls that have been in the house put in $50 a month or something like that still, just random people that know me or have heard about it. Yeah, just random people. Yeah, so it's a faith journey. It's, it's a faith not, journey, it's not yeah. not something that you know is coming in. They're no, not at all. Okay. Yeah. So it costs us about 1500 a week to run the home. We're all volunteers, so there's no paid people there. So we just believe for that, basically, every week, yeah. That's awesome. And that trust, and God has been so faithful for providing the services, but the need Definitely unfortunately, are increasing. Have you found that in your journey since you started Yahweh House back in 2018? They're definitely increasing, you know. I mean, yesterday and the day before, I had two calls from two girls. They were 17 and 15. They were girls without any support. And without something like Yahweh House, they would both have their children taken off of them. And that's the story basically of all the girls that come in. If they had no support, if they had no option, their babies would be put in child protection and into foster care, which is totally overloaded at this point in time anyway. Yeah. So in some ways, you're not only helping the unborn child, you're really doing some parenting. Yeah, dads, mums, families. Yeah, it's massive. And, you know, even to the point where some of our girls are overseas students and they're not on Centrelink, so they can't afford to go to a hospital. They're on their own, and so they feel their only option is to abort. And no one wants to take them in because they can't pay rent. So we have to cover them with their rent and get all the, what they need, yeah. yeah, basically. Yeah. And I'd like to emphasise that this is not a program. You're setting up an environment of yes. acceptance, love, concern, compassion that these women are desperately needing, but you're not just loving them, as Kate says. You're, you're loving the baby and loving them. And I'm sure you're building some lifelong friendships 
you already said that some of them are, are donating for the investment that you're putting into them. They're paying it forward for other women to experience this incredible experience. Definitely. They become family. It's like a family home. And we are definitely friends with all of them still. You know, they, I go to their birthday parties. One little girl just turned three and still they ring me if they want something. You know, we're just part of their family. We're, we're definitely not a program. We're not just there for 12 months or whatever time they come in. We're just connected. We're friends. Yeah. How long do the women generally stay? They can come any time of their pregnancy and then they can stay up to six months after they've had baby. Just so that they feel confident, you know, once they've brought baby home. And we would like to get some little transitional houses out on the property where after they've done their six months with baby in the house, then they can move out into their own little unit before they go out into the big world. Yeah. How many girls can come and stay? At the moment, we could only take about five because you can't have too many in one house. It's just too many dynamics. We're basically doing what we can do, which is a drop in the bucket, trying to set up a model that others might replicate. Yeah. And there are other organisations, and we've had an association with Pregnancy Help Australia, and Mm -hmm. you are independent from them, but you work collaboratively. And so it's wonderful to use the resources and best practice Mm. in the community that you're serving in because every community is a little bit different. Although there's women, um, you're giving them life skills Mm. of, you know, not only caring for their baby but also life skills maybe on financial management or other things. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do for these women? Definitely. Each person is different, you know. So the lady that was just here in my house at the moment, she's 40 and this is her 10th baby. So she doesn't need too many skills about how to bath a baby, but she does need some life skills and things like that. Um, some of the girls don't even know how to make a cup of tea, so they need more practical cooking, cleaning. Uh, a lot of girls, you know, these days don't know how to keep a house clean. You know, And all these things, we teach them to prevent them losing their babies down the track. You know what I mean? They actually become good mums. We had one girl come to us and she'd come out of jail there was multiple people living in her home that she lived in and she wanted to just break the cycle. So she asked if she could come in and she came in and she did so well. She ended up getting her own little place, setting her own boundaries and just has the most beautiful little boy now. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, that's beautiful. You mentioned the culture and the need is increasing. Have you seen the impact of domestic violence that has resulted in these women feeling unsafe under their own roof? And they need to relieve that. And you said break the cycle, but they need that safety. Most of our girls are from DV situation because most DV starts when girls get pregnant. Mm. And so, yeah, that is a big factor for Mm. most of our girls. Majority of our girls are DV. Yeah. I had one lady come and she'd had two of her children taken off of her because of the DV situation she was in. She was pregnant. She rang me from the hospital bed, just delivered the baby, and she said, can I come in? She said, because the department's here waiting to take this baby because they wanted to keep the baby safe, of course. So I said, yes, you can come in. And so she came in, and we just put her through boundary courses and other different courses, and she got her life together. She needed a safe place. She was from New Zealand, so she wasn't on Centrelink. She had no income. She had no family here. 
there was no way that she could escape a DV situation, you know. And so now her little girl is three, she's got all her kids back with her and her and her husband are working on that issue. So it's a real success story, that one. It's great. Yeah. It's fabulous. Our guest today is Corinne Penney, founder and director of Yahweh House. And you're listening to Focus on the Family, Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional, designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au. Welcome back. We're talking with Corinne Penney, founder and director of Yahweh House, a Christian-based ministry that provides a safe and caring environment for pregnant mothers and their baby. And you're listening to Focus on the Family, Australia. Women can come from all different backgrounds, but the name Yahweh, you know, is the name Jesus or, or God, and they understand you are Christians. How much does the Christian influence as part of the environment they are? Do you do prayers? Do you do Bible studies? Do you do courses? Tell us a little bit about what you do there. Okay. Um, We're totally focused because it's God's house. And so every woman that works there is a Christian, maybe from different denominations, that doesn't matter, different skills. And we're not heavy-handed. We live the lifestyle more than preach it. We help them in a godly way. We take some of them to church if they want to go to church. We integrate some into mum's groups if they want to go to mum's groups. One lady I've got with me now, she's from South Sudan, and we've introduced her to a African church, and so they're coming alongside of her because that's where she'll continue to grow, you know yeah. what I mean? We can't do it all. And so all our courses are basically, except the prenatal and all those sort of mothering courses are all Christian, like life skills and boundaries. That's excellent. So you're integrating them into a community so they've got ongoing uh, support. Yes. Building relationships outside of the perhaps the situations they were in. I had one girl and she was quite young. It was just when COVID hit and she was pregnant. She didn't have a mother. Her mother had passed away. Her father had kicked her out basically her partner had committed suicide and so she was thinking should I just abort the baby and anyway she didn't the doctor rang us and we got alongside of her and her little boy's two and a half I think now and she's in a young mum's group she goes to church you know she's on her way now yeah and she's got this beautiful little boy and she named him Theo before she knew that that I think that means the gift of God she was really astounded that that's what it meant after, yeah. Oh, and how amazing that a doctor, um, a Christian? that a doctor, No, it wasn't a Christian doctor. Which no. is fascinating that a doctor is actually... Referring. Yes, encouraging mm. a young person to seek an alternative way. Well, it's good because it's kind of an outreach as well, you know, because we have the child protection ringing us, we've got the jails ringing us. We've got op shops ringing us. We've got homeless shelters ringing us, youth services ringing us. And they're not all Christian, but they know that we're Christian. So it's a good opportunity to show them God and to share with them mm-hmm. too. 
Beautiful. I've got on Monday some government people coming up to look at the house, and they're not Christian, but they're coming all the way up from Ballina to have a look at it. So it's beautiful. Yeah. You've already given us a few examples of some of the stories, and I'm sure you'll have Mm -hmm. others. Does one stand out more than others from someone who is completely lost and vulnerable to becoming, you know, blossoming as a woman, more confident, more able to not only care for their child, but also to be able to care for themselves with a whole new outlook on life? So they have hope for the future. Um. I think it's all of them, to tell you the truth. Yeah, like I've that's just a got good a, answer. It is. I've got a myriad of pictures of beautiful babies, beautiful ladies. Um, we've got a lady that does photography for us, and she's doing a book on stories of these girls. And, yeah, every one of them, honestly, is a success story because I just see them now running their own homes with their own children and still connected, still coming out for coffee, and when I first saw them, I try now to take a picture when they first come in and when they leave and just the difference. You see them come in and they're really drained, they're worried, they're stressed, they're fearful, and it shows on their body. And then a couple of weeks later, they're just glowing and smiling and singing and, yeah, okay. it's just really beautiful. Is there any time that uh, it hasn't quite worked that way where mm-hmm. they've, um, they've had their baby and then they've chosen to adopt their baby out? No. No, they've all kept them. But I will tell you one story. I just thought about it then, which oh, it's just my heart story. I got a call one pouring with rain night. It was just a gale outside and this girl said, can I come into the house? And she had actually tried to get in another shelter and they wouldn't take her in. She had actually tried also to commit suicide, but... She hadn't succeeded. She was about seven months pregnant. Anyway, I said, look, I'll come down and see you because we normally have a procedure that we go through, but it sounded really desperate. So I went down and saw her and she was like, she was a real big girl and she was covered in tattoos and she looked like a bikey or a whatever, I don't know, but she was a real rough nut. And um, anyway, she came in and I thought, what are we going to do with her, you know, really? And the ladies just loved on her and about a week later I went up there because Friday night we used to have community dinner and I opened the door and went in and she was sitting there in front of the TV with fluffy slippers on, a dressing gown and learning to knit and I was just like, oh, my gosh, what a transformation, you know, from this bedraggled, bikey like looking woman that had no hope to just this beautiful lady, yeah. Who just needed the right environment. They just need mums. They just need, you know, I've told some girls off, you know, of course you have to, you know, you've got boundaries just for the safety of all the girls. And that's always a challenge for some of them because usually when they get told off or corrected, they think that that's the end of a relationship. Yes. And so they sort of bulk at it. But then when you come back the next day and you're still loving them and happy, it it just blows their mind because they're learning actually what real love's about and not just being used or abused. And how to communicate. And how to communicate, Because yeah. a lot of them, you know, it's been a one-sided scenario where, you know, they just get told something and that's the end of it. Yeah. Um, whereas you're teaching them how to talk to each other and that there do need to be healthy boundaries. There is a healthy way to communicate with each other. Yes, definitely, yeah. 
So tell us a little bit about the need for these women to have more people like yourself because the needs are so great and women may want to keep their babies, but because the options are so limited. So if you're listening to this, what would you say to some of these other people in other churches and other communities around Australia? What could you tell them to encourage them to get involved? I would say really seek the Lord about it because it's his heart. And I know a lot of people have maybe single living in a house with three or four bedrooms, or they may have a property that they rent. They may have a school hall that they could be converted. Everybody knows something, you know, and I'm sure there's a lot of places that we could convert and build more homes for these girls. It's not difficult. I mean, the girls basically will learn to look after themselves and um, the girls will pay a little bit of rent, so that will help cover some of the expenses. It's just actually letting the people know that there is a big need. There is a big need. We have 91,000 abortions in Australia uh, roughly a year, and half of those women don't want to have an abortion. So they're not being given the option to save their children, and that's so damaging for those women. They have to carry that the rest of their life. You know, to do that well, though, if we were going to put on our thinking hat of setting something up like you have, you've clearly got volunteers that help you. You've got um, some courses that you run. So if someone was interested, are you happy for them to contact you? And talk I'm definitely to happy for them to contact us because we have spent a lot of time. It's not a program, but say doing the program, doing the layout, got all the paperwork done. Yeah. And I've been called from places like Innisfail and Toowoomba saying that they're interested in doing one. And we're quite happy to just go up and show them how to do it, give them the paperwork so that they don't have to go through all the procedure. Yeah, yeah that's right. We've got the policies, way. we've got everything done, and they just go, hey, this is how you do it, and yeah. just come yeah. alongside them and help them. Yeah. That's fantastic. I just think, you know, someone might be sitting here and feeling, oh, that's a bit overwhelming. Yeah. Um, how would I even start? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fantastic. If you're a listening ear and you've got the wisdom and the knowledge about how to do this, um, that's fantastic. And we also understand Pregnancy Help Australia have other supports. So it's not just laying it all on to yes. you, Corinne, but there's other areas and other people that we would recommend from folks on the Family Australia to get involved to do this important ministry. You mentioned before about the support, and obviously many of these women have been traumatised by men, but you've got volunteers that are men to actually, you know, give them a, a complete paradoxical experience to say, hey, not all men are bad, not all men are unkind and or violent. or violent. And so you're giving them an example of other healthier alternatives that some of the men who serve you, not in the house, but can do other things. Tell us a little bit about that. I think that's really important because a family is not a family unless you've got the mum and the dad, the grandpa and the uncles and aunties, etc. It's a village what we're creating. And so we have some wonderful men that just love children, love their wives, like it just brings you to tears the way they treat their family. Mm-hmm. And we like to put that before the girls so that they can see, hey, there's hope for me, you know, there's somebody different. Look at the way they're treating them. I know myself when I was in a DV situation, I used to go to my friend's place who had a really happy family, um, four kids I think it was at that time, and Nana and Granddad used to always be there. And I used to just go there and cry because I thought that's what I want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so we just put this in front of the girls. We don't need to say anything. It just speaks volumes to them. 
Yeah, that's very right. Much so. There is an alternative, and that they're worth it. Yes, that they're worth it. Yeah, yeah. all their lives they felt like they're not worth it. Mm. Yeah, you've got grand plans. You've got more things you'd like to do. In a nutshell, what else would you like to do in this ministry of Yahweh House? Well, we'd like to develop a place called Moses's Basket, which is looking after the children. You know, like I said before, I'm a foster carer. I've been a foster carer for 20 years, and I've seen a lot of damaged children. I see the system really overloaded, and just a place where these kids could come and have a one-stop home. Yeah, wonderful. And in what way can somebody who's listening now support you? If they go, you know what, I really want to back that. Mm. How do they get in contact with you? They can just ring me. I'll answer the phone. Um, <laughs> financially, they can help us spreading the awareness, keeping an eye out for pregnant girls that look like they might need a bit of support and becoming involved. Maybe they just want to knit a pair of booties. Maybe they want to cook a meal. Maybe they want to come and help in the garden. Maybe they want to sleep overnight one night with one of the girls that's due to go in. There's a myriad of reasons that she could help. Yeah, that's That is wonderful. Oh, we, we love your heart, Corinne. Yeah. And we love what you're doing and how you're obedient to God when you were praying outside an abortion clinic and he basically tapped you on the shoulder and say, why don't you do something about it? And you are obedient and that birth Yahweh house. May God richly bless you and all that you do and the women that you have completely transformed with God's help and put them on a, a path of hope and direction and confidence to face you know, not only their parenting journey, but also life in general. Well, thank you so much for being our guest today, Corinne. Thank you so much. Our guest today was Corinne Penne, founder and director of Yahweh House on the Gold Coast. If you'd like to find out more information or show your support, go to yahwehhouse.com.au. We would also highly recommend Pregnancy Health Australia. We hope this program has challenged you about seeing and meeting the needs in your community For more resources on pro-life and life's challenges, go to our website at families.org.au. We here at Focus have a passion to help support families at every stage and age to thrive in Christ. And this is only made possible through the generosity of people like you. Thank you for joining us today. On behalf of Kate and the rest of the team, I'm Brett Ryan, inviting you to tune in for another edition of Focus on the Family, Australia. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.